Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Standing up for the little guy for the greater good. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. And emails to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. The website is RoyGreenshow.com, and we're on Facebook as well. Global News Report. After more than 10 years of BSL in Ontario, breed-specific legislation, rates of dog bites are higher than they've ever been. All right, let's talk about banning dogs and banning dog breeds. And Carolyn's been holding on for a long time since the actual, since we just got started with this. Carolyn, thank you for your patience. Hi, thank you. Yes, um, I just tuned in, and I really didn't hear, uh, what are her, her, her credentials, please? Uh, she's the director of the uh, SPCA. Is she an animal specialist, a behavioralist, a veterinarian, a study of animals? She's the executive director of the Humane Society International Canada. So she's not a behavioralist, and she's not a veterinarian, and she's not a study of animals, correct? I don't know. Well, she's not. Okay. She and was representing the Humane Society. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. They were trying to speak with... The mayor, mm-hmm. as was the SPCA, mm-hmm. and the mayor refused to speak with the SPCA or the Humane Society. Okay, where I'm leading to this, Lauren, is, uh, excuse me, where I'm leading to this is that if she's not an animal behavioralist or an anim- a study of animals, I think there's a word for it, it's not well, an anthropologist. Well, she, she could be. I'll call well, her and find out Well, I don't think she, you. well, okay, let's, because she did but anyway, not, the point that you want to make, Carolyn, okay, the is, point that I want to make is very simple. I didn't really hear a clear solution from her. It seemed to be vague. It's, it's going to be very simple. First of all, there should be a $50,000 fine for the owners who have a pit bull. And it's very simple. The, the, the pit bull should be chipped. That chip should be cross-referenced from the owner's driver's license and social insurance number that if that dog is running at large or causes severe injuries or death, then if the person cannot even pay the $50,000 or garnished wages, jail time. Simple. The, uh, is it just is it just the pit bull or pit bull type dogs that you're talking no, about? No, and I'm leading to that. It's very simple. Again, the SPCA. Uh, there are DNAs. My dog. I had a DNA on my dog. It's uh, Australian Shepherd, um, Husky, and there's two other breeds. So right. the and, and they actually provide the percentages. So if there is some pit bull, it's not going to be a hundred percent. It's going to be maybe twenty percent, fifty percent. More than likely. That's right. So, but I'm talking unless you, about unless you I'm buy unless you buy bull. unless you buy a Staffordshire Terrier from a from a breeder. Or... Right. So, so that's very simple. So, when they release dogs from the SPCA, that could be determined by DNA, and it's only sixty-five dollars. By the way, I asked the veterinarian if it's accurate. Let me and ask you a question. Why are you so angry? Oh, sorry. I'm just a little bit passionate. I just I just okay. feel that uh, when that was woman was. Actually... I was wondering if you'd had an encounter. Uh, no, no, I didn't. You know why I'm passionate about this? I think because this is the second time that I heard someone over the radio, and unless they lost a family member, that that family lost a grandmother, a mother, absolutely. And if they lost a child, I'll guarantee you that woman that was on the phone with you would have had a little bit of a different attitude. They're talking. They're just watering this down. This was the death that was caused. I think these pit bulls are dangerous. But it and was they a sh- boxer. It was a boxer that caused well, that particular death. Well, okay, but we're talking about. But they were talking about the pit bulls. Right now. So if I'm going to talk about but the if, pit bull. But, it, but if the pit bull hasn't caused a problem, if, this, if, the, in, if the incident is the reason for the bylaw mm-hmm. and the dog was not 
involved was not a pit bull, mm-hmm. then you're taking a breed of dog that had nothing to do with the incident and banning it for an incident it had nothing to do with. Okay, and I go back to this again. All the dogs, so we can still have a solution. Large dogs or dogs that are, that are known on the list that could be potentially dangerous should be DNA, should be checked. Okay cross-referenced, and that would Caroline, be... I'm, I'm with you on most of what you've said, and I've got to go because I have to take a break. If you have a large dog, and I've had large dogs, lots of them, now I've got a 6-pound Yorkie and a 15-pound Bichon. If you have a big dog, large dog, the responsibility is the owner's. We'll come back. We'll continue with more calls on this issue of breed-specific legislation on The Green Show. Big stories and even bigger guests. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Allison, as or before the end of the hour, we'll find out what the latest is with uh, getting Allison's Canadian children back from Iran. And then in the next hour, birth tourism in this country. You have to hear this if you're not aware of what's going on. By the way, Rebecca Aldworth, I did call. Patricia, our first caller, was curious about what her credentials were. She's the executive director of the Humane Society International Canada. She also ran an emergency shelter for dogs and animals for six years and handled lots of pit bulls that were brought in for all sorts of issues. And um, so she has that experience. Often when you run an organization, you have people who work with you. And uh, Rebecca did tell me about the veterinarians who work with the Humane Society across the country. There's many. And you can go to humanesociety.org and you'll see uh, all of that information. That's their Canadian website. Could be their international site with a link to Canada. Anyway, it's humanesociety.org. 20 U.S. states passed laws prohibiting breed-specific legislation on the local level. So state governments in the United States passed legislation forbidding municipalities from passing breed-specific legislation. And uh, almost 100 municipalities in the United States have repealed breed-specific legislation like pit bull bans, and they've replaced them with breed-neutral legislation. It's not the breed, it's the dog. So I have a caller from uh, Halliburton, but our screening system uh, doesn't tell me what your name is, and you're a veterinarian, right? Yes, I am. It's Chris. Hey, Chris. Thanks for calling, sir. Yeah, and so I'll, I'll make a couple quick points. First one is is, um, is risk and impact. So any dog, I'm a firm believer that it's very rare for a bad dog to come from a good, responsible person because a good, responsible person will see a bad dog and will do something about it. And so you look at any dog technically has the risk of being a bad dog if it's or a dangerous dog if it's, if it's been raised incorrectly. But it's the, it's the impact that makes the difference. So if a Cocker Spaniel, um, you know, one day decides to go aggressive and, and, and bite someone, um, the impact is a lot less than if you have a, a full-grown um, Rottweiler or Pitbull. Um, I don't agree with breed-specific legislation, 
But what needs to happen is government needs to start taking seriously that a dog that is that can be dangerous or that can have a huge impact on a person if it is aggressive, that needs to be that needs to be regulated or that needs to be watched and I'll, I, I'm searching for the word but policed so that if something does go wrong and it's clearly a fault of the owner for you know incorrect restraint or letting it roam, um, that has to be a serious penalty and. I've used the bad analogy before that if you got in your car drunk and you hurt somebody and permanently scarred them like a, a big dog can, or if you left a dangerous weapon in a school ground and a child picked it up and injured themselves, right in today's society you'd face much stricter penalties than somebody who just isn't accountable and isn't responsible and lets a, a dog that has the, the ability to cause serious damage cause serious damage. So now, sorry for the, of, rant, uh, the responsibility, the primary responsibility, Chris, the primary responsibility rests with the owner. You Absolutely. either socialize your dog or you don't. You either have a good dog or you're going to create a problem dog. You can create a problem dog if you want to. You can create a problem dog out of a good dog Yeah. just by mistreating the dog. If yeah. you beat the dog on a regular basis, that dog is going to respond because it's beaten. It's going to protect itself. Chris, let me finish. Yeah. You, as a veterinarian, you can be one of the front lines of, you know, I hate to bring government into everything, but I understand what you're saying. But you, as a veterinarian, can be on the front line, and I'm sure you are, of making sure the dogs that you interact with, at least if there's a problem, you let the owner know. Then maybe you guys and gals, veterinarians, I meant that generically. You could you can put God here we go with government regulations again. But some sort of alert system that here's Chris the veterinarian. He's he's been dealing with this Pomeranian or he's been de dealing with this Rottweiler or the Cocker Spaniel or the Yorkshire Terrier, and and you see that there's a problem here, and so you put the owner on alert, and the owner has to prove. I'm making too much out of this, but the owner has to prove within a specific period of time that there's been some some socializing or training going on. Yeah, and that, that's the tough part, because if I don't see anything in the clinic and I don't have any clinical signs that suggest that that dog is, is undergoing abuse, it's really hard for me. If I have signs of abuse or I know abuse is going on, yeah. there's lots of things I can do as a veterinarian. But right, you know, to my knowledge, and maybe one of my peers can correct me if they know more, but... If I just go, I think this dog is really dangerous, there's not really a lot. Like, I can tell the owner, hey, your yeah. dog, I think it's dangerous. Be careful. But yeah. my hands are kind of tied. Chris, I get it. I thank you for the call. I want to get some more calls on the air. But the veterinarians can be front lines. He's right. There's only so much you can do. The responsibility is with the owner. And dogs do respond just like human beings. If you beat a kid all the time, the kid's going to react. The child's going to react to that. My little Yorkie, I'll tell you this, was just, just, I don't like talking about it, but when the paramedics used to come to our house to take my wife to the hospital, I had to put the dogs in another room so they wouldn't be underfoot. And so they were already nervous because strangers were in the house and there was commotion going on. And then 
when they were let out of the room, my wife was gone, and then I left. And my, my little Yorkie still responds. It took me a long time to figure out why he responds negatively when somebody comes to the door. And I realized what it is. He He's responding to what happened. He sees people coming to the door now as being a threat to take away, I guess, me. He's six pounds. But he's, he's loud. He's a lovable little dude. If you pick him up, he'll just he'll squirt you with his toy gun. Uh, Wayne is in Edmonton. How are you, Wayne? Hi. Uh, hi. I, I'm not a dog owner. I am not a veterinarian. I am a city council member in um, actually outside Edmonton and Spruce Grove. And I have a question because even your guest uh, threw the Montreal mayor under the bus. And I'm just wondering, in Alberta, mayors have no authority to uh, enact any legislation or change legislation. So I wonder if it was actually the mayor of Montreal or Montreal City Council that uh, you need to be critical. Well, in Montreal, the mayor does have power. The mayor does have, and I believe a mayor in Montreal has more technical power, but it may also be just sort of the history of the mayor's job. You know, Jean Drapeau, and and, and yeah, I, I will check that out. But it, it is it is it is uh, Kader's legislation, and Kader is the mayor who refused to meet with the SPCA or the Humane Society. That's not what you would do as a city councilor, is it? Uh, in, in our council, um, our mayor would meet with groups like this. However, that per- our mayor would have no ability to enact any legislation. Now, uh, what do you do, this- Wayne? I'm sorry. What, what do you do? What's the legislation as far as breeds, uh, specific breeds concerned? What does the municipal bylaws say in, uh, in the city of Edmonton? Well, I, I'm in Spruce Grove, Alberta, so just outside Edmonton. Okay. We have we have no such bylaw. We have no bylaws. We have a dog bylaw uh, that controls dogs running at large. However, okay. we have n- nothing like this. Has there ever been an incident, a situation where a dog, there's been a dog attack, a dog bite, a situation where people have said, hey, you have to do something about this? Maybe it's time to select a breed or identify nothing, a breed? Nothing that I've heard of, and I'm sure that I would have heard of it, because with the proliferation of social media these days, yeah. we would know about things like that because it would be talked about. Wayne, I thank you for the call. From Spruce Grove, Alberta. It's a big issue, and it will continue, because the Quebec government now, not just Montreal, but the government of Quebec, is looking at enacting legislation to ban pit bulls throughout the province of Quebec. When we come back, Alison Azar, what about her kids? What about her kids? What's the Prime Minister done for Alison? We'll find out.